to the Stoke Fam, the podcast designed to help families adventure more and stress less. On this show, we give you the confidence and inspiration you need to find your Stoke by sharing interviews from real families doing amazing things, conversations with brands who make adventures easier, and all the things we wish we'd known sooner. Come on, let's let's go. Welcome back, Stoke Fam. Today, I am talking with Sarah from Kappa 7 Adventures. As you might guess from their name, they're a family of seven who travel throughout the U.S. and internationally. In fact, they just got back to an ep- from an epic trip to Iceland. They love road trips and camping and regularly share budget travel and photography tips for families. There's often, I think, in the travel and adventure community, a, some worries about how to afford everything, especially when you have a large family. And I love how Sarah and her family make, share tips that make it attainable and accessible for everyone. So I'm stoked to have her here to talk with us today about road trip, budget, travel tips, and all the things. And so I just wanted to say thanks for being here today, Sarah. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here. I'm excited to share some information. I am wondering if you will start us out by just telling us your travel and slash adventure story. If you have been always a traveler, did you grow up traveling? Is it something that you started doing more as an adult or after you had kids? Kind of walk us through how you got to today. So actually growing up, we never traveled. Um, the farthest that I had ever gone and we're in Wisconsin. So the farthest I'd ever gone was Minnesota and it was really only a couple hours across the border. So my whole life growing up, I had friends who would go on spring break to Florida and Cancun and they would come back with these pictures of this beautiful ocean. And so I always wanted to travel. We just never did. So I think that is what pushed me to really want to actually go and get out there and see things and do things because I grew up living in my little bubble in, you know, northern Wisconsin. And wanted to see more of what was out there in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, your husband? Has he was Did he grow up in the same area or was his story similar? Yeah, he actually has a pretty similar story, um, except I don't even think he went to Minnesota. Like he's done, <laughs> he did nothing <laughs> before we were together. Um, he had never been on a plane. He had never, you know, drove any long distance. Um, just, you know, we were just two small town people and we actually didn't know each other till after high school, even though we grew up in the same town. And, um, you know, we just had never really done anything before, but I will say that I'm the one who had pushed to travel. I think he would have been fine in his bubble, but he likes it now. <laughs> you brought him along for the ride. That's okay. I did. I did. He did it because he loves me. <laughs> I, f- I feel like in almost every family, there's always the one who is a little bit more adventurous. And then the one who's a little bit more like, no, I'm cool. I could be here. Um, like, I think if it were, I love to travel, but I honestly... I tend to be the more reserved person. I have to plan my travel. I'm much more of a planner. I'm getting better at it. And in fact, some of our best trips that we've been on have been not planned, like more of a last minute thing. But John could just pick up and be like, hey, let's go to the mountains tonight and be totally cool with it. And I'd be like, wait, wait, wait. I didn't plan on an itinerary yet. I got to get all this done. (laughs) But the reality is sometimes those are the best trips anyway. So I think there's always like that dynamic of one person who's more adventurous or willing to like drop it and go. And then one who's a little bit more of a like, I'm going to take this at my pace kind of person. 
Yeah, definitely. But Corey, my husband, he's learned um, over the years just to kind of let me do what I want. And he just goes along for the ride. He's the driver always. So like, even if I want to drive clear cut across the country, he'll, you know, pack up and he doesn't complain. He just does it. And, you know, he enjoys it mostly, you know, sometimes he's <laughs> like, I can't believe you had me do nine hours today or, you know, whatever, if we're going yeah. to the West coast or something, but he likes it now. And so now we, we both enjoy, um, you know, going places and doing things. So I want to talk about that. Actually, you, you talked about going to like to the West coast, you have five kids, correct? Yes. Yes. How do your kids tell me their ages again? And like, um, you don't have to tell their names if you don't want to, but tell them, tell us their ages and, um, for where they are right now. Let's just start there. Yeah. So I have a 15 year old, I have a 14 year old an 11, six and three. Okay. So a pretty wide range of ages there. How, mm-hmm. um, how do your kids handle the travel? So the younger kids are actually super easy because they grew up traveling from the mm-hmm. time they were, you know, infants. I mean, I, I think we took our now six-year-old on her first trip to Europe when she was like, you know, five weeks old or something. And we took the little one on trips when she was two weeks old. So yeah. we definitely, they've been doing it their whole lives. They don't know anything different. They're the kids, the two youngest ones, and my 11-year-old, who's just like a really easygoing kid. The younger three, we can just go in a car, and if we drove for 24 hours straight to go down to Mexico, which we've done a couple times, um, they don't complain, not even a little. They ask when they have to go to the bathroom, and that's about it. That is Um, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, I can't complain. They're pretty good kids, but it's just because we do it consistently. And the same thing on planes. We can do 12-hour plane rides with them because we've done it, and it's not different from a car, and so they're used to it. But my older two, um, they struggle a little bit more. They get bored more easily, and it might be partially because they're entering those teenage years at 14 and 15, Yeah. And I find it a lot harder because they have much more of a drive to want to be with their friends. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, our oldest has a boyfriend. And so it's getting a little bit more difficult. Sometimes we let them stay home with grandparents when we go on trips now because, you know, that's important for that phase of life, too. Like that's a big, you know, psychological component of of growing up. And so we kind of try to do a healthy mix. I think that I'm glad you brought that up because actually our kids are nine and 11. So our oldest will turn 12 this year and we're just getting into those preteen years. And I can start to see the inklings of some of those, like, I'm not sure that I always want to go or I want to do something else with my friends. And like, we're starting to see some of those things. And I think that if you can find that healthy balance of letting them have the freedom sometimes, but then still going with the family so they can make those memories and have the experiences. I think there's a lot of value in the travel and and adventure as a family, but it is a a balance and a kind of a little bit of a tightrope walk, I think, sometimes to try to balance it all out so that they also get the the social and and growth needs that they need at that stage of life as well. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of where where we're at. Um, And I, so that actually people ask me sometimes, like when we just went to Iceland, we actually didn't take the older two kids. Um, mm-hmm. 
we took our younger three. First of all, my oldest daughter, she went there right before, um, you know, the pandemic hit. And um, so she got to experience that already. And to be honest, my son, he's just, he just wanted to stay home. He, his cousins were camping and he's like, I'm just going to stay here. And, and we're okay with that. You know, like if it was a beach, he'd be all for it. Or <laughs> if it was like actually in like wooded mountains where he could hike and find a nice lake and they could go fishing, he'd be for it. But Iceland wasn't that appealing to him. And so we were okay with it. I love that you're so flexible about that though. And what, what works for them at each stage of life. And I think that there's a lot to be learned, learned from that. That's where I'm going to struggle. <laughs> it's uh, not easy. No, it's, it's not easy. Starting learning to when to let go a little is really, really mm-hmm. rough. Um, it's definitely not something, it's not something you really can prepare for either. It's something you just have to kind of work through as you get there. There's no manual. <laughs> there's, no, there's, there's no not. manual. Um, I find myself being a little bit more, um, laid back with things parenting wise because we have five kids yeah like there's only so much that you can put into it and then after a while you just have to say well it is what it is and and you know be a little bit more flexible otherwise it would never work and that's with anything with them I feel like I feel like that's kids in general, but I think you're right. I think each one definitely, I mean, I only have two, but I know that from the first to the second, there was a lot more flexibility that came with number two than number one. And I suspect that it continues that way because there are only so many things you can control, right? Like there's only so so much bandwidth and so much time available in a mom's day. (laughs) And I work full time. So I'm like, "Mm," when I'm done, I'm like, all right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. And actually, that's something I wanted to chat about. So I love how you still work a regular job and still make this work. And what, tell me about that. Tell me how all of that, how you make that work and coordinate. Because I know that's a question a lot of people have is if I work a full time job, sometimes I, you know, you feel like you can't get out and do these things as much as it seems as though you see other people doing it. And that's the, another really, I think, important thing to point out is sometimes we're seeing highlight reels, but, yeah. and not that somebody's actually always traveling 24 seven, like it may seem. Um, yeah. But tell me about that and how you make that work. How do you coordinate everything? Um, how do you handle school with the kids? Kind of let's walk through some of that. Sure. So I, with my job, I'm a nurse, um, but I strategically went to school and pursued a career path um, in nursing so that I could have flexibility in a job. Mm-hmm. And so this was, it's actually been like years in planning. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to do something in healthcare because I've always liked healthcare. Um, I thought I wanted to do maybe travel nursing, but didn't want to permanently move to different places Yeah. Um, for that length of time at least. And so I started looking when I was in nursing school at what options I could have. Um, I looked at, at, at like contracted work, um, multiple different things like that. And eventually I saw that you could work for insurance companies and yeah. be 100% remote. And I had not even ever thought about that. Um, and so I kind of saw, all right, I need to work at an insurance company where I can be 100% remote. I can take my work with me if I need to. Um, What do I have to do to get there? So I started looking at the qualifications. You have to have some type of management experience or being like a team leader. So I was like, so what do I have to do to be a team leader? Okay, I need to work in 
you know, this role for this many years so that I can get promoted. So essentially, I haven't been a nurse that long. I I think I graduated in it was either 2013 or 2014. Oh, okay. Um, so I have not been a nurse all that long. Um, and I knew what path I wanted to take. So I jumped into it, got the job I wanted, worked my way up the ladder, jumped into uh, management. I was in a director of nursing position. And eventually I started applying for insurance companies, which was four years ago. So I, at that point, had only been a nurse for three years, but I had worked my way up the ladder because I knew what I wanted for an end goal. So it was like years of planning, but I got Mm. this job. And I think that's, to me, why we can do what we do and how we can travel, I guess, fairly often. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we usually go somewhere like twice a month, maybe. And that's quite Uh, a bit. Yeah, it is. I mean, for like an average person that has a nursing job that is but I knew I wanted that that was my goal it wasn't you know I want to be an ICU nurse or you know whatever it is so you strategically planned your your Mm -hmm. your goals to get you to the point where you had the flexibility no I I think that's a really good point and that also that sometimes getting to that point is not immediate. So if that's your goal, sometimes there is some in the trenches work that you have to do. Sometimes you have to do the hard stuff before Mm -hmm. you get to the fun stuff. It's no matter what your career path is, um, no matter what your degree is in, there's sometimes some legwork you have to do to get there in order to see that in goal, just like going to college, right? Like, or going to school, a period, if or pursuing a certification of Mm -hmm. some sort, when you know where you want to go, sometimes there, there is the hard work that comes before the reward. It's not always a light switch that it seems, you know, the overnight, oh, look how awesome that is. It (laughs) wasn't. I remember the days working in that director of nursing position, you know, during the heat of the nursing shortage and people wouldn't come in for their shifts or we wouldn't have people to cover our shifts and nursing. I don't know if people know, but it's one of those positions where you can't leave. And yeah. if you leave, you're abandoning your patients. And I remember yep. there was one time that I worked for almost 36 hours straight because I didn't have anyone to come in and cover my patients. I was the, I was the leader. I was the person. And, um, I remember actually coming home that day and I just cried and cried and cried. And I said, there has to be something else. And that's when I was like, you know what? I don't have all the years that I need for this case management position, but I'm going to apply anyway. And I did. And um, I actually got an interview that next week. It was like, it worked out so perfectly, but it took a lot of hours, a lot of time away from my babies and stress. Yeah. I get that. Um, I know we've talked before, John and I are both nurses met in nursing school. And through the years, we've both had roles where we've been either, neither one of us have been official directors, John got put in an interim director role, and I was a charge nurse for several years. And so I totally understand how much work goes into that. And the the strain, there's really too a lot of strain that on your family as well, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of hours that you're pulled away from from them when you're in a role like that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's important to to realize too that sometimes the people that you see like you on Instagram who are in these places now to have this flexibility, it was an overnight success. There's some work mm-hmm. to get there, but if there's something that you want to do and you can see that goal, to look at it objectively like you did and strategically and make those, those plans to get there. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's super, super good. 
Um, if there was somebody who's been listening to this and been like, yeah, I really want this, but I definitely can't do that in my current role. What would your suggestion be to them? I think you just have to, yeah, no, it's fine. I think if you like if traveling and exploring and doing that, it really aligns with your goals there just know there's careers out there that can support that especially now I feel like there's so much more opportunity for remote work and in creative careers that you would have never even thought of and you know things take time and I think like kind of how I had to evaluate what I wanted to do in the nursing role you kind of have to start at the end point and say what do I need to get to there then how do I get you know to that next step down until you get to where you're you're at and you have all these little mini goals to get you to the place that you want to be um, in a career. I mean, I didn't become a nurse until I was almost 30. So you can change careers. You can change what you're doing. If you're not, if that's not what you want to do or where you want to be, or if that doesn't support the lifestyle that you want, it's okay. Like you have plenty of time. I would have done it if I was 50, you know, like it's okay. If you want to make a change, it's never too late. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree completely. This is kind of back to part of our conversation we were talking about earlier. We're kind of (laughs) retreating for a second. (laughs) So we talked about work and how, how you make that work. And, but when it comes to your kids and school, I know that's something else that people get concerned about a lot too. So we homeschool, so we have flexibility, but I know that that's not every family situation. Mm -hmm. And if I recall, that's not your situation, right? Your kids go to school. Yeah. So how does that work out? So it doesn't work the best. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I should be the person to come <laughs> no, to for I this. I love the honesty, though. This is what people have to realize, right? It's like the, the real, true situation of what's going on. So, okay, yeah. I want to hear this. <laughs> so um, a lot of times we'll take like long weekends or something like that. We definitely go over the breaks a lot during summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but our kids are like truant every single year. It's awful. But... <laughs> I justify it that they still get good grades and they're learning so much while they're traveling. Like even in the state, even if it's not international, like they, when we go on travels, like if there's a cool landscape or a national park, we'll talk about how the weather has eroded things to get to that. You know, like you bring yeah, up conversations totally. and we always make it an educational opportunity about either the history or, you know, the science behind things. Um, and even for the younger kids, you know, we'll be like, oh my gosh, look at that pink rock. What colors do you mix to make pink? Or, you know, yeah. like, I mean, you can exactly with any age. And so I feel like they're still learning so much. They're learning a lot about geography and, you know, especially when we go internationally, they're learning other cultures, they're learning mm-hmm. languages where, you know, when we go, they learn other languages and they're just in general learning how to be good people. Like we went to Italy when our um, youngest was like six months old. And our, at the time we had Amelia who was three and she was just learning, you know, how to speak little sentences in English. And we went to this restaurant and there was a playroom and all the kids were talking, you know, in Italian and she was talking in English and they had a, like 
hour long conversation and they played and she came out and she was like, I learned this word and that word, and this is this kid's name. And, you know, to have a three-year-old come out and just be like, get along with anybody, even if you can't speak the same language and learn things from them, that was a really cool experience for her. And I feel like that was better I would have rather have her miss her five days of school than, you know what I mean? Than to yeah. experience that in the first place. So w- we just take it. We just tell the school like, hey, we're out. We're going here. And we get letters saying we're naughty and that we could pay a fine. But knock on wood, we've never had to do that yet. Um, nice. That's nice. I, would, I was <laughs> going to say, I would argue too, that sometimes you have to really weigh that option. Right. And especially if your school is not, like, if you're not like getting slapped with fines right constantly or having other issues because of it. I think that, um, I would argue that you learn more, you become much more well-rounded and have a completely different experience than you do in school. And it's going to supplement what you're learning yes. with real life experiences and in such a way that can never be learned from a book. And so yes. I think that I'm totally with you and we value like those experiences of nature and travel so much because I can see how our kids grow each time we take a trip, how much they learn, mm-hmm. how much they observe and how that impacts things in the future. I know every time it's just mind blowing. Some, you know, we'll come back Mm -hmm. and the things they remember, they They retain it. Yes. Yes. Because they're experiencing it hands-on. They can touch it. They can feel it. They can smell it. You know, everything is engaged while they're doing it. I mean, I can't tell you how proud I am of my six-year-old. Every time we go out, she brings a bag to pick up garbage and she is all about recycling. She goes, reduce, reuse, recycle. Reducing is the most important, mom. I'm like, it is. You're so smart, you know, and (laughs) that's great. It is like, it's just important things like that, that, I mean, I don't even know if they learned that in school, you know, like mm-hmm. there's the bin, throw it away. Like, yep. Well, that's, um, I have to tell you the story while you're talking about that, because we were, it was fall of 2019. So my youngest was seven. So right around that same age. And we went camping at this, um, lake that actually it drains portion of it during the winter. So the lake bed was down. And as we were walking, he was like, mom, there's so much trash and he couldn't stand it. And he himself, as we were walking out there, grabbed a trash bag and started putting everything in it. And he said, we can't leave this here. And I was like, yes, it's all bang off. I know. Doesn't Um, that just make your heart swell? It was so good. And that was, it all comes from us teaching them things on about how we handle our waste while we're outside and teaching Mm -hmm. them, you know, the importance of caring for the earth and all of those things. But it was really nice to see that all come full circle and be like, oh, they do listen to me sometimes, sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. Um, So one thing I wanted to get into and talk about a little bit is that I know that there are families, other families who have more kids than I do. And we are kind of lucky because when we travel, we are that family that is easy to get a single hotel room and it's no big deal because we have two beds. We're getting to the point where we're like, we'd like you to have your own space, but it's not necessary. (laughs) (laughs) But how do you handle traveling with when you do take everyone, especially how do you handle traveling? Do you tend to get two rooms? Do you um, try to find spaces like Airbnbs that are bigger. What works best for you and your family now that, or since you have five children? So 
we do a mix of things um, because we have a couple different modes that we use to travel. Um, but we're pretty budget. So, I mean, we pretty much go the bare minimum and that's okay. Like um, mm-hmm. I was talking earlier about how I didn't become a nurse till 2013, you know, 2014 ish, right. somewhere in there. So prior to that, I mean, I was working as a CNA making, you know, basically yeah. minimum wage, especially then I think wages have gone up a little bit for CNAs still not where they should be, but nope. <laughs> um, back then it was bad. I mean, I think I was making $9 an hour. Oh, um, my husband was probably making $9 an hour working at a factory. Like, I mean, we didn't have money. We were right. really broke. I was going to school. It was bad. So like we came from not having much And then I went to school and and my husband got a better job and, you know, things are better now, but like, we're not, I I should say we're not difficult to please. Like we, we squeeze into rooms. Like when I look on Expedia, if we need to stay in a hotel or something, I put Mm -hmm. that we have four, (laughs) four people or five people sometimes Gotcha. and we make it work. Like, I mean, if there's two full-size beds and a couch, we'll squeeze in them. Like, we that do. Makes sense. And yeah. it's, it's not always the most comfortable, but like, we didn't come to a place to sleep in the hotel. We came in a place to visit and see nature because we do outdoor things. So for us, it's just a place to crash. Like, yeah, you know, we've definitely gone places before and there haven't been hotels and we've slept in our car, all seven of us. It's oh, wow. happened. <laughs> yes. Um, that was fun. Not so much, actually. We, we've done but, that camping and my husband has begged me to do that like night before snowboarding. And I'm like, um, that's where I'm going to draw the line because it's going to be not, cold. That's we not cannot good. run. <laughs> we cannot no. run. No, no. We've done it in a pinch, though. I mean, I and mean, we've been like, you know, we've had canceled flights where we've had to sleep yeah. on the airport floor or, you know, whatever it is. And we just make it work. Like, that's kind of what we do and what we're good at is lower all expectations, <laughs> don't have any, and just go. And um, yeah, I mean, if if we do an Airbnb, we'll look for a bigger place if it's affordable, but it comes down to the price because really at the end of the day to us, we'd rather spend not very much on an accommodation and enjoy ourselves and have a comfortable life at home than to spend thousands of dollars on a vacation and go home and you're just out thousands of dollars. That's just not how I roll, I guess. No, I actually really love that because we, I, we can do the nice vacations and we have done the nice vacations, but I, the more I go, I think the more I look for frugal trips because the more I want to go and the more, Mm -hmm. and the more I save each trip, the more often I can make it happen. Yes. Yes. That's how we can go places twice a month. We don't spend money. Like I buy my shirts at old Navy. Like some of my pants are 15 years old (laughs) and, um, you know, pass the clothes down from to the kids. My husband and my son wear the same size now. So it's like they share clothes and yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, no. And I think that's a great, I think that's a great point too, is that you figure out how to make it work, right? It may not always be, you may not have it be having the five-star luxury vacation every time you go, but you're having the five-star experiences in places like Iceland that doesn't matter. And you're just laying your head on a pillow at night. So as long as it's clean and comfortable-ish, you're fine. Um, And we've totally had those two. There has been only one time ever where we went for something 
that was, you know, frugal that I regretted life. <laughs> and it was only once it was just the host. It was just gross when we, it was, you know, nothing was as it seemed online, which does happen. It does. Um, but we had, I stepped foot inside our room and I, if it had not been 11 o'clock with two kids who were exhausted after driving all day long, I would have packed it up and left. But as it was, I was like, no one takes their shoes off late. We had like a blanket in the car. I was like, lay down the blanket. <laughs> let's go to sleep. I got up. We didn't even shower. I was like, get out. We're just done. Yeah. <laughs> it oh was like, but we were safe. We were fine. It was not yeah. a big deal. And we moved on and found a better place the next night. And it just, you know, mm -hmm. every place is going to be different. And I think too, especially when you're doing international travel, every country is going to have different types of accommodations. And mm -hmm. ultimately it's not about where you stay for the most part, unless there's been once or twice where we go for like just the couple's like downtime vacation, mm -hmm. where if they were going to just spend a weekend by the pool, then I kind of want something a little yeah. bit nicer. And then I'm going to splurge for that, but I'm also not spending a lot usually on other activities during that time frame. So exactly. the trade-off is there. I think it's different when you're going to an accommodation for the accommodation. Like yeah. if I was going to Finland to stay in one of those glass igloo oh, hotels gosh, right. to watch the Northern Lights, that would be staying for the accommodation. And that is the experience. Or right. like if you're going someplace and staying at like a spa hotel or something like that, it's different. Yes. But 95% of the time we're going somewhere to go out in nature or yes. do something more adventurous and we just need a place to sleep. Yep. I love that. And I actually, I'm going to, um, <laughs> I'm going to throw something under or not throw you under the bus, but I'm going to talk about something I saw in your stories. I think it was today I, about you being frugal. She's not kidding people because I saw her this morning in her stories where she is making sandwiches or wraps in her car um, on her lap, literally not even a plate. I might add. No plate. <laughs> and I have been there. I have done that. We often do the same thing while we're traveling. We try our hardest, even when we're traveling to locations where we're not out in the woods, we generally do not eat out more than once a day. That is our mm -hmm. max. And even then sometimes we try to do it less than that, but that's like our max is once a day for, because it just gets so expensive yeah. and some areas in particular are crazy high. And so if we can make our food, we can save hundreds of dollars oh, on a single trip. Sure. Yes. Um, not to mention for us, we have a kiddo with an allergy. So there's always that concern as well. But if we have if we make our food, it's a huge savings. And I, I assume that's why you're doing it too. Yep. Oh, always. No matter where we go, we always do something. Like even when we went to Mexico, we went to Walmart there because we mm -hmm. were just in Mexico for spring break. And we got one of those really cheap, like $5 styrofoam coolers that they use yep. for fishing. And we just filled it with ice and packed in food and drinks and away we went. And we used that the entire time we were there. When we left, we tossed it. Like, it is what it is. It sucks that it's styrofoam, but we, that's what we had to work with. And for us, that's just what we needed to do. And even though Mexico is notoriously cheap, that doesn't mean that I'm still going to go out and splurge and go out to eat every single day. Because if I would have done that, I probably wouldn't have had the money I had to go to Iceland. Like, yeah, a month yep. later, you know, it's just... Yeah, it, it no, how it works. I agree completely. There's been many times where we've bought like the cooler bag to take lunches from, like if we were lucky and had a mini fridge in our space, you know, our room or whatever, that I could keep stuff nice and cold there. And then we buy just like the little cooler bag that then I can bring home and use too. 
um, for groceries later. But um, I would think too, you probably, I don't know right now, people might not be so willing to take it, but I know we've bought, done things like bought a boogie board from somewhere and then passed it off to somebody else coming in the next week yeah. or whatever, we've depending on where you are. Strollers and stuff. We, yeah. we do that with strollers when we would take the kids to like, especially overseas, like Europe or Japan or whatever. Um, and then we'd, we'd leave it. But yeah. I honestly, when we were in Mexico, there wasn't a whole lot of options. Um, there was like a bigger cooler, but it was quite pricey. And I was like, mm, yeah, I'll go with the $5 one. Occasionally it is what it is, but you're re- reducing, reusing and recycling. And so is your daughter. And she's on right? it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> so I'm kind of cracking up because the next thing I had on my list that we might talk about was um, how you budget. And I'm cracking up because we recently commented back and forth on on a post over on social media where we were both saying we kind of stink at budgeting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think we kind of talked about it a little bit. I... I think we kind of have the same mindset. Like I don't always necessarily set a budget for every trip. I've done better about it lately, but I don't always set a budget for each trip. It's more so I just try to be frugal yep. um, as we're as we're booking things. And um, is that kind of how you you guys roll, exactly. or do you? Yep, that's exactly it. I don't I don't set a budget at all. Um, like I don't always have the money right before we go on a vacation. I'll usually have most of it saved, but there's times I put it on a credit card or I'll put like a couple hundred dollars on a credit card for a vacation and I'll just pay it off when I get home. Like it's okay. Like to do that sometimes, as long as you're responsible with your money and you know that you can pay it off. But like, I'll give you an example. We went to Sedona last I want to say it was October and we did not plan on doing a UTV rental. And mm-hmm. when we were there, we had an extra day and I was like, oh, that looks so much fun. You see everybody driving around. And initially we wanted to do those pink Jeeps. Um, but I had only brought so much money with me and I only had so much money on my, I have a debit card that I use just for traveling. Uh-huh. I guess that's kind of my way of budgeting. Maybe. I don't know. I don't ever actually like look at it, but I know when it's running out, I can't really do <laughs> anything else. So I guess maybe it keeps it under control so that we have right. a separate account for like our bills and then vacations. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I really wanted to do the Jeeps, but they charged per person and there's a lot of us. And right. by the time it was all said and done, it would have been like, I wanted to say it was close to after tax and everything like $2,000 or something. And I was like, oh. uh, that's like the, that's like more than we spent on the entire trip. So absolutely not. But we found a UTV rental and it was like $400. And that is not something that I had put aside on my normal debit card that I use for vacations. And so I was like, is it okay with you? Can we put it on the card? He's like, Sure. So we have that. And in case something goes, you know, south in case of an emergency or if something like that happens where we're like, this is a really cool experience. We'll have it for the whole day. Let's just do it. And so, yeah. yeah, And it's just something that we know that we have to be responsible about, but it's okay to do it sometimes if there's something really cool that you want to do. No, I agree. And I think we, we did that a similar thing, which it wasn't like we could rent this one, but (laughs) we did a splurge where it wasn't really something we had planned on in ahead of time when we went to Kauai and we splurged and did helicopter ride and it was not cheap, but it was one of those things when we were there that we were going to, we said to ourselves, if we don't do this, we will regret it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really part of our plan. We didn't technically have everything set aside in that pocket you know yeah um, 
but I like it was how like, you phrased that in yeah. that pocket. That's not <laughs> where it was set aside. Yep. But we also knew that it would be fine. We could make adjustments as needed. And mm-hmm. it was, we were not going to regret it. And I tell you what, it is still probably everybody's favorite activity from the entire time we were there. It That's was so incredible awesome. um, and highly recommend it. But there's a very much difference between consciously deciding that you're going to do that versus just spending without having a clue what you're doing and then getting home and realizing, Oh, I just spent 10 K on that trip. And now that now we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Much very, very big difference there. Um, we have just a few more minutes here, but I wanted to ask you, this may be kind of a loaded question and it may be hard to answer, but do you have one trip that you've been on that stands out as the most memorable or most um, significant as a family? One that either either because of where you went or because of some experience that you had together or something that happened within your family while you were there. Anything that stands out as like the most memorable trip? Mm, oh, my gosh. I know that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah. there. Well, there's been a lot of places. I don't know if there's anything like wow moments with our family. I wish I had something inspirational to share, but I don't. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> We've had some crazy incidents happen. We've had injuries. And that's okay but, too. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. My Actually, my youngest daughter, last time we went to Oregon, she fell in a hotel room. Not very exciting. She was on a bed and she fell onto their coffee table and she amputated the top half of her ear. <gasps> Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. We, we had the other kids in the room. We were all together and she fell. <laughs> we're going off on a tangent now, but she fell and she started crying right away. And my husband just thought she like hit her head and he picked her up off the ground and laid her on the bed and he like swiped her hair back off of her ear to look at, well, her temple. He thought she hit her temple and his face like turned white and he gave me that look like he he looked like he was so scared because he's not a medical professional he doesn't do well with blood he looked and I was just like oh gosh what's wrong and I walked over there and her ear was just hanging on by the piece that connects to like your scalp on the top yep that's all that was on and I was like, oh my gosh. And so we were like, Kai and Liana, our oldest two, were like, don't let anyone in the hotel room. Don't move. And we had yeah. to take her up to the children's hospital. And she had to see like a um, pediatric ear, nose, and throat surgeon to have them repair her ear because they said there's not a lot of blood flow in the cartilage. So right. there was a chance it wouldn't take. Um, but they saved it and it's oh my amazing now, but yeah, it was like, I mean, not life threatening, but like still, oh, still like, so oh scary gosh. and you're away yeah. from home. Thankfully, it sounds like you were close to the Portland area. So children's was available because yes. they are, that's probably the best place you could have yep. been. Um, but still how, how terrifying I can, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had, we've had bad things happen. Like they're not always a walk in the park, you know, trips, but. Well, that's memorable um, for another reason. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) But I would say our, like everybody, all of our kids and Corey and I, so Iceland is up there with one of my favorite places that I've, I've ever been, but I would say my kids always talk about Switzerland. Um, so we went to Switzerland I can't remember if it was two or three years ago because last year was kind of a blur. Right. <laughs> but, Tell me about it. Um, it was two or three years ago. We went to Switzerland and we stayed in a place called um, Lauterbrunnen. And we took this cog train up the mountain to a town called Wengen. And I had actually seen it on a TV show 
or somewhere like some maybe it was national geographic they were going over something i don't know it was some kind of show like that and this was before i even knew instagram like existed i have only been on instagram for a year so um <laughs> i i wasn't aware that there were all these cool places in the world so i was like let's go to switzerland and um it was like this view of this valley like you're up on the mountain, but it was a straight shot view down this valley with waterfalls coming off the Swiss Alps. And it was just so beautiful. And when we got there, it looked just like the pictures and the videos that I had seen. And I think the kids had just never seen anything like that in their life before. And they always talk about it to this day, how we were hiking in the mountains and it was just so peaceful and there were wildflowers and it was just, it was incredible. It was such a neat experience there. It sounds magical. It was. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I'm like, oh man, that just seems like those. It really, I, I'm envisioning the, the scene because I've seen that picture. Have you? And yep. Yes, and it's incredible. And I'm like, oh yeah, I really would like to go there. That one would it be was amazing. Just like it, it was so cool, and that's, the, the hiking was amazing. That's always a good thing to know too, because I think so many times you see pictures and you're like, but that wasn't really like that, or exactly. that's mm-hmm. not really the whole picture. I mean, like that's that one little slice, but the rest of it wasn't that way, but that's really good to know that it actually yeah. really was that way. It was <laughs> like when we were driving through the mountains, cause we actually flew into Amsterdam. We did a road trip. We went down through Germany mm-hmm. and then Switzerland and up through France. But, um, when we were driving through Switzerland, it was like, I can't tell you how many times we stopped because there was such a pretty view or like the water there is like the color of the Caribbean, you know, water that blue. It was just like, oh my gosh, that's real. Like, you know, we had never seen anything like that before. So that's awesome. That sounds like an awesome experience. Um, Switzerland has been on my list for a while, but we haven't made it yet. Hopefully. I think it's like as expensive, if not more than Iceland, to be honest. (laughs) See, (laughs) We only spent a couple of days there and I was like, hmm. We, uh, we have lots of big trips that we are on our list and that we're hoping to do in the next few years, but we also <laughs> have a new camper on order. So there's also some balance that has to go there, yes. <laughs> go, right? So we're, we're trying to figure out how, because we do have to now budget a little bit more than I normally do, because we're going to mm-hmm. have to plan all of those things if we're going to do both. So we'll mm-hmm. probably be doing a lot of, of road trips and uh, camping trips to, to hopefully offset. And so we can do yeah. a couple of those big ones that are on the list. So. Yeah. Um, so I usually ask a couple of questions at the end to almost everybody. So I'm curious if there's something that you wish you knew about traveling with a fam with your family, whether it's because you're a large family or not, um, bef- earlier, like if you wish something, somebody had told you when you were a kid or a teenager, or just in your early twenties, like something that you wish somebody had told you about it that, you know, now. Yes. Um, I wish somebody would have told me and I would have believed them (laughs) that you can go just about anywhere and not have to feel unsafe. Like I feel like, and this Mm. pertains more to international travel, but you hear so many things about, you know, countries that might be poor, especially, you know, Mexico, Central America, Mm -hmm. um, you know, wherever you have it, like, people say the big cities in certain even European countries are like oh that's not really safe but we've been to you know pretty much a lot of places that encompass that and I mean especially when you look at places like in Mexico and Central America um, and we've felt nothing but safe if not safer than in some of the cities in the U.S. Um, I mean 
Yep. I've been in some <laughs> sketchy places and yep. in the U.S. Um, and some places where people actually have gotten hurt that I've seen, you know, and right. I've never felt that way. Even when we most recently were in Mexico, I mean, we were we did a road trip. We weren't on the resort. We went to little towns and on back roads at night. I mean, like, <laughs> and it was fine. Like everybody that we meet places are so kind and just want to help you. And yeah, you have to use common sense. I don't wear right. my wedding ring when we go to poorer countries or places that, you know, is known for you getting mugged or whatever. Um, I don't even wear it at all. I, you know, we dress in regular clothes, not that we have any expensive clothes. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Nobody wants my old Navy shirt from 2016. Um, but yeah, you just have to use common sense. And ju- I, I just wish that people knew the world is a much friendlier, more helpful place than what you hear. I because I think I would have gone to a lot of those places a lot sooner and wouldn't have had that kind of anxiety going into it if I would have known how amazing it really was. Yeah, I agree. I think everywhere that we have been, we have pretty much felt nothing but safe either. Um, we had people warning us when we went to Roatan because it's part of Honduras. We had, And we were totally fine. It was, I mean, like you said, common sense common sense you know there's certain things you may want to leave at home but Mm -hmm. we really had no no problems um and I think that uh that's a really good tip to bring out and as long as you are are smart and you take some reasonable precautions just like you would in any U.S. city really Mm -hmm. um then chances are you're just going to love the people and the cultures and um you're going to have a much better experience anyway. So yes, I agree. Um, okay. And last question, what is a something I know you said you, you're pretty frugal, so there, it may not be a piece of gear, but it's a piece of gear or something that you have that makes your life a million times easier when you're traveling an adventure. It could be something as simple as like a particular, um, suitcase. It could be a way, a strategy for packing. It could be any of those things. What is something that really makes your life a million times easier when you go, because you go a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually knew you were going to ask this question and I thought about it before this and I couldn't (laughs) even think of anything because like, I, I think the biggest thing is just to be for us, it's being, minimal, I guess you could say, because I mean, I think it's important for everyone if you're going someplace, um, you know, on a long trip that you pack smart, Mm -hmm. like just pack smarter, you know, pack layers, things that actually work to keep you cool and dry if that's what you need or warm and dry if that's what you need. Right. Um, So like just packing more smart and, you know, I think interchangeable things, I think it's more the like kind of what you pack than necessarily a specific item, just really evaluating, like, do I need this? Do I need any jewelry? Are we going out for a nice dinner any of those days? Do I really need three pairs of shoes or can I bring flip-flops and hiking, you know, hiking boots that would double as tennis shoes or whatever? Um, And for us, I find it even more important to really focus on that because there's so many of us and there's Mm -hmm. only so much room you have. And truthfully, like, I don't want to be shuffling through 
you know, 10 outfits for every person. Like, right. We rewear our stuff a lot, sometimes without washing it. It's okay. Like if it's not actually physically dirty, like, you know, that's yeah. just, I, so that's kind of what I came up with in my mind. It wasn't so much a specific piece of gear. I think traveling, camping, it's for everybody. You can do it whether you're rich or you don't have a lot of money. You can make do with what you have, and that's okay. I don't think that there's one specific thing that you need. So, yeah, it's not yeah, it's not one item for me, like, to be honest, because, I mean, like I said, when we first started traveling, we had nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing. And we packed what we had and we made it work. We never, even to this day, I'm not one of those people, even though I love certain brands, like I can't afford all Columbia or Patagonia gear for all my kids. You know, some of them get the Amazon brand and that's okay. Like it is what it is and it works. It might not be as effective, but you know what, to me, getting out there and making it work is more important than having all the right stuff. I mean, I've had my kids hike in dresses. Like (laughs) if that's what they want to wear that day, Hey, I'm not arguing with princess Jasmine. Like she can wear wear her tiara. (laughs) Sometimes you have to pick your battles. That is very true. Um, I, um, we, we are really, good at deal shopping so like we may have you know columbia we may have whatever but we deal shop like crazy so i will look now like this is my time of year where i start looking for winter stuff for next year although i'm Mm -hmm. having a harder time with my oldest now who's growing faster than i can guesstimate anymore but (laughs) i try to shop ahead of time doors too we do out there we We don't have stuff like that in wisconsin so when we I mean, there are some, I would say, closer to Madison, but I'm in the middle of nowhere, northern Wisconsin, and so we don't have those clearance, you know, stores. We don't have an REI within hundreds and hundreds of miles. Like, we just don't have stuff like that. So for us, like, like, if I want something... I can, yeah, I can look online, but by the time I see something, they probably won't have my size because I'm a women's medium size eight pants. Like, you know, that's (laughs) every woman in America. So (laughs) it's like, I will never find what fits me. On sale. Yeah. No, 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 it's usually luck of the draw, even on the, on the rack when I find it, but I do find stuff for the kids often, which is great. Yeah, I do. Um, so I know I picked up, um, Tomer, our oldest, his puffy jacket, I found on a clearance rack at REI for like 40 bucks. That's Um, awesome. And I'm like, oh, nice. I can't beat that um, anywhere. So like, it's, it's great when that happens, then it doesn't Mm -hmm. always happen. And sometimes depending on, you know, sometimes they have the target stuff too. Like it just is what Mm -hmm. it is. You do, we do what we can and we try to have gear that's going to keep them safe and warm and have what they need. But beyond that, you do what you got to do because the experience is what it's all about. Yeah, definitely go for it. But yeah, like you said, if you can't get it, it's okay. Like just do with what you have. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I think you have just given us so much awesome stuff today and tips that are going to help whether you have a large family or not, honestly, in strategy and planning and um, being frugal. And I think it's, and getting 
the opportunity to travel more, which is the whole goal, right? Travel and adventure more. That's like our, one of our big taglines. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you have really hit that nail on the head and I just really love it. And I thank you so much for coming on today to have this conversation with me. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Before we log off though, will you tell everybody where they can connect with you? Yes. So we are on Instagram. Our um, name is Kappa Seven Adventures, K O P P A. We also have a website, which is just Kappa Seven Adventures dot com. Um, I have a Facebook page. I don't really use it that often. It's pretty much just copying whatever's on Instagram. Um, but if that's what you use, feel free. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Same. Uh, All right. Awesome. Um, so. I will make sure that everybody can find you by putting those links in the show notes too, so that it's easy. Um, So go say hi to Sarah and follow her and her family and all of their adventures and find even more tips because she's dropping them all the time. I find all kinds of great ideas and tips from her. Um, So I know you'll appreciate her just as much as I do. So thanks again. Yep. Thank you. Thanks again to Sarah for joining us today on the podcast. I really, really loved all of the tips you had for traveling, especially with a big family and budgeting to make things more affordable. And I just wanted to leave um, you guys with some of my favorite takeaways from our conversation in case you were distracted by kids or, you know, life. Um, So first, if you have the desire to travel more and you maybe don't have a job that supports that right now, do some research, find a type of job that maybe would support the lifestyle that you're dreaming of and see if you can reverse engineer a way to get there over time like Sarah did. Second, If you're wanting to travel more and are willing to be flexible with your accommodations, you can make a lot more opportunities happen. So I'll be honest, I love a super nice place to stay. I love a nice Airbnb or hotel, but we don't always stay in those. We mix in a lot of um, camping. We sometimes stay in basic accommodations, I mean clean but basic accommodations, so that we can do more. Sometimes we splurge, but when we splurge, a lot of the times it's because that destination is part of the draw, just like Sarah said. Or if it's somewhere we're planning to stay and spend a lot of time at versus just a place to sleep because we're exploring the outdoors around it. So it all depends on what each individual trip is about, but If you can be flexible and are willing to make some concessions now and again, you'll be able to afford a lot more. Third, your kids will learn so, so much from traveling and adventuring to new locations and and experiencing the cultures that each one has. I loved the story Sarah shared about her daughter playing with kids and figuring out how to communicate in a completely different language um, and learning each other's names and just having fun. And third, your kids will learn so much from traveling with you. They are going to experience new cultures and locations, destinations. I guess locations are destinations, kind of. (laughs) Anyway, your kids are going to learn a lot from traveling with you and things that they're never going to learn in a classroom. So there's so much value to getting out there and taking them with you, even if you might have to sneak them out of school sometimes. And thanks again to you for joining us today, Stoke Fam. This is that part of the podcast where I say, hey, if you don't mind, go give us a rating and review on iTunes and tell a friend. That way we can continue to spread the word and bring you more awesome guests. Adventure more, stress less. We'll see you out there.